We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. My name is Scott Card. I am a guest host, and I am pleased to welcome my guest, Cecil Ramos. He is in Thailand as a missionary with an organization called Multiply. Welcome, Cecil. Hello, welcome. Sawadee Kaap as we stay here in Thailand. Sawadee Kaap. Ah, what does that mean? It's like aloha. It means good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It means all of that. Wonderful. Wow. So you're picking up on the language then. Yeah, yeah. It's been actually about a, a week and a half ago. It's been nine years since we first came to Thailand. So nine years. Sir. Wow. Yes, sir. So you're you're living there full time. How often do you come back to the homeland? We come back like about once every two years, two years, eight months. We're in North America, usually based out of Southern California, and we usually stay anywhere from five to six months, somewhere around there. Then we come back for another term, two years, eight months. That's quite a commitment. God bless you for that. Wow. Of course, you are living in paradise, though. Yes, yes. They, it is the land of smiles, Scott. I'm looking forward to you coming and visit us on one of these days. I would love it. The uh, listeners can't see the same picture I'm seeing, but in the background, you act, you have like a jungle paradise behind you there. <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's great. And excuse the mosquitoes. I think they they like <laughs> they like the interview as well. But uh, yeah, it's great. To <laughs> well, all right. So listen, I'd like to ask you, how did you know that you were going to be a missionary? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, after the tsunami hit here in Southeast Asia about uh, 17 years ago, a few years before that, I decided to, the Lord really gripped my heart and decided to give my life to Jesus 100%. Uh, that's kind of, you know, another story. But a couple of years after that, the tsunami hit here, Boxing Day of uh, December 2004. And the next summer, summer 2005, I basically came on the team the Southern Thailand, uh, rebuild houses, some centers, churches, or what, what have you. And uh, I was talking to another missionary and he basically just invited me. Uh, there was no kind of, you know, writing in the clouds or, or, or anything like that. Or I didn't hear necessarily a voice from heaven, but he just said, hey, we need more followers of Jesus here. Helping us love the people of Thailand, spread the gospel, like start, you know, churches, raise up leaders. Like, would you commit to doing that? So it basically was that question that was in my heart. And uh, I asked them all kinds of questions because I didn't, I don't come from a family that has any Mexican. So I grew up Catholic, no family that, you know, was, uh, was a priest or a missionary. Like I had in ministry, I have no idea what, how this, all this worked. I asked all the questions. And when I came back to the States, my girlfriend, then my wife, now Tracy, I just had a conversation with her and said, Hey, listen, I feel like uh, the Lord's beckoning, calling me uh, overseas 
uh, to serve him. And so, you know, if that's not your heart, we can just be friends and we probably should break up and I'll cry myself to sleep for a couple of days. But if not, <laughs> if you're willing to, to go with me, like that's, that's where I'm, I'm headed, you know, and her heart was for missions to serve the Lord overseas as well. So she said, as long as I'm with you, that's all I need. We don't need fancy schmancy stuff. As long as I'm with you, like, let's go serve the Lord. So that, that really was a seminal, uh, pivotal moment for me, Scott. Well, that's wonderful. So that basically tells you that this was the right woman for you to begin with. And uh, you were just in the right place at the right moment. God just tapped you on the shoulder and said, we could use you right here. And you just answered that. That is really straightforward and kind of simple. You didn't need uh, clouds parting in the sky. Yeah, it's true. And uh, I got to pinch myself, man, because I think, you know, growing up, my my parents divorced and I was about five years old. So I didn't grow up with my dad. I'd see him maybe sometimes during the summer or during uh, Christmas time or, or what have you in Los Angeles, my mom would drive a couple hours and let me spend some time with him. But he really wasn't there growing up. We've since mended our, our relationship, but there was a big sense of like insecurity for me, especially as a young boy that was raised by a single mom. So being adventurous or courageous, like that's something that I felt like the Holy Spirit deposited in, into my life after I gave my life to, to Jesus at 20 years old, I'm 40 now. So yeah, even being here doing something so like adventurous or daring or what have you, it's all the work of the Holy Spirit, like a disciple of me and showing me that all I need is him with me and then I can face whatever comes my way. Why don't you tell me a little bit about Multiply and then uh, tell me about your, your personal ministry? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'd love to. Multiply before was MB Mission, Mennonite Brethren Mission. They have since uh, changed their name to Multiply. I really like that name, Multiply, by the way. And Heart Vision Objective is really to reach the, the, the unreached like around the world with the gospel, to plant churches, to raise up leaders, to plant you know, churches that plant other churches and, and become this church planting, disciple-making movement. And they're all around the world. Uh, in general, I was just at a conference, at a meeting in Turkey a few months ago global worker, missionary, I prefer the term, uh, you know, global worker, but I'm also a regional coach. And so out of all the global workers in Southeast Asia, I'm kind of over half of them coaching them, their, their direct supervisor and what have you. So we're all coming together and it just was really exciting to see all that God's doing in the nations around the world. And also the, the struggle, as you know, ministry is not always a clean cut and you're on the front lines with, you know, spiritual warfare and, and what, what have you from without and from within. So any, anyways, it was just really good to come together and hear what God is doing and support one another as we go back and try to support our other global workers. So our ministry in particular, Tracy and my ministry, we've been with Multiply for 10 years. And we finally, like about nine, 10 years later, are actually seeing the fruit of what we've always dreamed of. We have like a, a home church that is growing and we're uh, looking to multiply into different uh, areas of the town that I live here in Thailand. Uh, I live in the province of Chongburi. It's about an hour from Bangkok. Yes, it's about an hour from Bangkok. And in my province, Chongburi, there's this uh, city called Pattaya, uh, or Pattaya. That's actually like the red light district capital of the world. And it's in my backyard, 40 minutes uh, away from, from where I live. So we live in a small little town, and for the first year and a half, we're in the North Chiang Mai, learning language and culture. And then for the past seven and a half years, we've been in this place that has never, as far as we could tell, in the past 2,000 years, have never had a Jesus community or a church. So finally, we've been able to uh, to start that. We have other Thai leaders. I'm not like the main guy, the main pastor. We really empower the national leaders. And so Tracy and I, with a little home church, we have, uh, yeah, a Thai husband, wife, and it's me and my wife. We have another intern, so the five of us uh, are the leaders there. So anyhow, th that's really exciting. We we worship at our house. We worship in, at their house, their community. And this year, and coming into 2023, we're branching out. And also, one time a month, 
we actually go to another church within our province or the next province just to encourage them because a lot of them are really struggling. So anyways, in a nutshell, that's kind of some stuff we do. On the website for Multiply, it, it makes reference to the book of Genesis. God told Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. And then Jesus told his followers, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature, making disciples. And it makes me think of what you are doing. You're, you're doing exactly that. And have you met up with any kind of governmental or uh, police kind of opposition? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Here, I'd say here in Thailand, governmental or police uh, opposition, there, there's not so much of that per se right now, as it were, in our province, you know, anyways. But what, what I would say is that the ridicule or the pressure or the persecution comes from within the family that wants to be a follower of Jesus. They have that familial pressure and persecution as well. It's a shame honor culture. And so they probably would be, be met with, what are you doing, you know, becoming a follower of Jesus? Like, don't you know, we are Thai. Like when you're born to be Thai is to be Buddhist. Like that's a, a saying here. And so uh, they would get that pressure from their family, from maybe their mom, dad, a husband, wife, things that, you know, in the West, I don't really, I don't understand even being here nine years. I still don't understand. There was a couple who was in their mid sixties and they came to faith and you, I knew them before they came to faith and after their countenance just transformed and their, their hope. And it was just uh, incredible to see the joy in their face. Anyhow, all that to say is that their kids like basically shamed them and into giving the Bible back and like renouncing their, their faith. And it was something that I just, I couldn't understand. I, I thought to myself, their, their kids and also like their, their mom. And I just thought to myself, like, this is so strange for me. For me, you know, we're independent person, individualistic. If we choose to follow Jesus or not, or, or what have you, it's our choice. But anyhow, so these are the dynamics that we're working with that we're still trying, trying to navigate every day, man. Yes, well, it's true. Uh, anybody will tell you that's done the studies that the Western thinking process is so much different from the other side of the world where you are. And it's very hard for us to relate to them. And that is that leads me to my next question is, how do you make that initial start with someone to the point that it ends up that they've accepted Jesus Christ? That's the million dollar question, Scott. <laughs> We're still trying to learn. What, what I have found is, is uh, it's, the long, it's the long road. It's, it's uh, the long haul of getting to know them and having them trust you. Like here in Thailand, many people have friends since they were children and then they become lifelong friends like that tight inner circle. So to get really close to them, it takes years, it takes so many years. So what we have found is if they trust you, then they're going to want to, yeah, they're going to want to know like more about you. And just some of the ways that they admire uh, me and my wife, Tracy, is that like our, our family is strong. Like we love each other. Like I, I'm faithful to Tracy. Tracy's faithful to me. That's something that's uh, that's strange and different in Thailand. Even when I'm talking to my Thai friends and they said, so you haven't, you know, gone to whatever, any of the shows or like you haven't had a, a, a fling or a woman on the side or Thai thing or what have you. And when I tell them, no, I've, no, I'm not looking for that. I've never had that. My wife and I happily married 16 years, been together 18 years. But no, you know, so uh, anyways, that's strange for them. But when they start coming towards me or Tracy and asking for like prayer or advice or help or wanting to know more about Jesus, it's because they've, they've seen our lives and they felt loved by us for three, four, five, we're here nine years, you know, this whole time. So I think it's that having them trust us. That is a wonderful witness. That's amazing. Yes. So now your church services, this seems like an academic question, but actually, what would you actually talk? Are you the pastor, by the way? I'm not the pastor. We have the, the leadership, as I mentioned, Pilot, the husband and wife, and then me and Tracy. 
And then okay. our intern, the five of us are uh, the leaders over it. So any, anyhow, but your next question. Yeah, yeah. So my, my question really is, what would sermons be about? And that's not meant to be such a simplistic question. It's because uh, we go back to my previous question where we know that the, the civilization you're in right now, it thinks so much differently. And I know that you would want to just preach the Bible and preach the truth of Jesus Christ. What would, what would a sermon be like to uh, a, a group of people from Thailand that think so differently and, and have this Buddhist background? Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, the, the way that I think we do church here in Thailand, a lot of it has been imported from the West. So, uh, you know, the good, the good news of, of God's kingdom, uh, the gospel has, has come here to Thailand. But it has, it, in most churches, it doesn't have really like a Thai look to it. It looks very Western. It looks very similar to how you would look in uh, Canada or the States, what have you. You know, uh, one person standing up, little pulpit, you know, preaching for 30, 40 minutes or what have you. But we really wanted to have more of an organic and engaging way of doing it. So our church services, as it were, we sit on the floor and we're in a circle. And uh, it's very, very um, engaging and it's, it's actually very interactive. And so we we really want to um, empower all of our people. So we're not using these uh, these sayings, you know, just to say, but we actually really want to do it. So we take turns and people who facilitate uh, our Sunday morning service. Someone else facilitates the the worship, the gathering. Some uh, someone else facilitates the prayer time. Someone else facilitates when we open the Word of God. We're going through the Book of Matthew right now, so we're going through. But we're in about chapter twelve. It's been all year since we're we're going through it. You know the the leaders. It's it's a little bit easier for for us who were a little bit more uh, theologically acute, as it were, to navigate, ask good questions, and bring out some some deeper meaning. But uh, some of those who are starting off, some of our leaders, people for Pilot would kind of disciple them uh, in you know uh, leading the Bible study and what have you. So, anyways, it looks like that uh, with good questions, and then the one who's facilitating it brings more context, deeper interpretation, challenge, what have. You. So that's that's the way it looks. So what does a non-Christianized person from Thailand with Buddhist roots, uh, how do they perceive Jesus? Yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Too. Okay. <laughs> but, but what I understand is that there, there's somewhat of a, I guess, synchronization uh, at times when they think of quote unquote other religions, I'll use that term loosely, is that I believe they, they think of Jesus as, yeah, he's a good teacher, like he's a leader somewhat of another religion and you could just kind of like pick and choose from different religions and they're they're all basically the same so there's some of that like i have some friends who are monks actually and they're in and they're like hey you know we have our five commandments you have your ten commandments or, or whatever like we try to be good people you try to be good people like yeah it's all kind of the same <laughs> and i don't always get into deep theological dis- uh, discussions uh, with them because i i really want to build that trust and I just smile. There's a lot of that, a lot of smiles and saying, yeah. oh, oh, okay. But I think that's what it is in their, their mind, just different kind of religion. It's all kind of the same. Oh, yeah. Patience. Patience. Let God do his work. Yes. <laughs> so I would like to ask you then, in the years that you have been in Thailand and you've devoted your life to this and your, your marriage to this, uh, I would like to ask you, what would you say was the most outstanding, shall we say the word achievement? It's not that you've done it, but maybe what God has done. What's what's the most outstanding, memorable thing about your ministry? Yeah, Scott, that, this is why you're leading the discussion, because you asked really good questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say, as you're asking that question, I would just say what, when I'm looking around on Sunday Sunday morning or Sometimes Sunday afternoon, many times we, we have, uh, you know, given away food to the community, especially during COVID. 
things were very locked down and very difficult for this entire country. So when I see our Thai leaders and the Thai members stepping up and sharing their faith or loving the community or loving each other, digging to the word of God and growing, many of these people are first generation Christians. Like they don't have aunties and uncles or moms or grandpa, grandparents. Like they're it. They're the first generation Christians. So uh, when I see that they come to us and we just had a, a retreat, um, end of year retreat, and with tears in their eyes, they were just thanking us for this, you know, for this community and for our love and leadership and, and what have you. And saying that they've grown this past year and a half that they've been with our home church, then the previous five, 10 years of being a follower of Jesus, you know, that means so much, man. So anyways, just seeing the Holy Spirit move them, I get a front row seat. It's not because of me, but I get a front row seat. At times it's uh, in spite of me. So anyway, anyhow, I say that's really outstanding. <laughs> I know that your enthusiasm, your love for God, your your uh, sense of being on fire for what you are doing is coming through. Uh, I can see you on this. I'm looking at you on Zoom, but the listeners will be hearing you audio only on podcast. And I know that it's coming through on the audio that you are so much in love with God and so excited about what you are doing. And I just want to ask you, is there anything specific that you would like the listeners to pray for? Mm, that's beautiful. Yes, pray for our Thai leaders and pray for some interns that we have here as well for the next six months. The interns are at this, uh, in this program with Multiply, where it's an eight-month program, two months in Canada of training, six months on the field. They go around different countries. And so pray that God will really uh, grip their heart for ministry overseas long-term. You know? And also please pray for our Thai national leaders as they are uh, battling many things. Like following Jesus, they have to wade through so much in their soul and in the culture, so many attacks that pull them away. And we, we see it. We, we see the flaming arrows and we just want to hold up our shields of faith and yeah, protect them and love them and have them grow. So these are two groups of people who are very precious to me. Well, those are wonderful prayer requests. And uh, I know that the hand of God and, and his army of angels are there helping for sure. And the prayers will go up for you and your ministry. And that's just wonderful. So thank you very much for your love, for your uh, obedience and surrender. And honestly, I'm going to say it again. The background behind you, as I look at the screen, I can't wait to go and visit you. <laughs> well, we can't wait to have, we can't wait to have you, Scott. You can bring whoever you want, bro. All the listeners, like, come on, we'll just do a big reunion right here, man. <laughs> you got it. All right. Well, we've been talking with Cecil Ramos of Multiply. Multiply is a uh, missionary organization that goes around the world planting churches. And he is in Thailand. And we thank you so much, Cecil. And God bless you, your family, your ministry, and Thailand. Thank you so much, Scott. An honor being here. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. Lord bless you and your ministry as well. Amen.
enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.